You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. John Heyman says the New York Yankees and Freddie Freeman. The Yanks are prepared to make a run at him. How quick a run? Where are they running to? We're going to talk about the leverage involved and whether or not that's realistic. Because again, like we've said every week, the insiders just feel like dropping one crumb. And this week, God damn it, this is the crumb. We're going to be talking about Freddie Freeman. Using the Freeman knowledge, can we build a dream infield? I think we can. We're also talking about replacements for Zach Britton externally. Everybody's talking about the internal guys. We got a couple candidates who we think could be good fits for cheap from other franchises. And if you had $474,000, what would you spend it on? A ton of things or one Jason Dominguez autograph rookie card? Probably not the second option, but somebody did it. We're going to be breaking that down too. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, probably Stitcher. Maybe some of you invented a podcast platform. I just don't know. You can find us every Monday and Thursday on those platforms as well as live on YouTube at 2 o'clock Eastern time. We're also streaming on Twitter if that's where you can find us. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, wherever you drop five-star reviews, and leave us a mailbag question in the comments there. Again, we addressed this last time. If you don't want to leave a five-star review, if you are inclined to leave an under five-star review, uh, walk away. Uh, write it on a piece of paper. File it in a cabinet. Just write out what you were going to say. And These guys are pretty good. It's a good podcast. Um, they leave out some of the topics I was hoping they'd address. It's more of a four-star podcast to me. Valid opinion. Just leave it in, leave it in the drawer. Or give us five stars and put that comment. Yeah. You know, We'll read it. We'll digest the feedback. But just click the right amount of stars. Say this is a fake five-star review. Actually more of a four-star show. Here's how I'd improve it. And we go, great. Can't wait. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Saturday in the lockout, February 5th, the government getting involved. The feds are circling. And that's the time when John Heyman decides to drop that the Yankees are going to make a genuine run at Freddie Freeman. Make it all make sense. 
because we're still nowhere close to the end of this thing. And whatever run they plan on making, they can't make it for at least another couple of weeks. At least, I guess. Labor Secretary wants to get involved. Uh, pretty cool stuff. As long as, they're not on, cool stuff. as long as they're not on the owner's side, doesn't really matter to me. Uh, anything to expedite this process. Um, but I'll tell you that that Freddie Freeman news propped up my weekend a little bit. I celebrated with some Bud Heavies. Um, it was a good time. Um, now, I don't want to get ahead of myself because it is an exciting development that the Yankees reportedly want to make a run at Freddie Freeman. We don't know if that's going to happen. We don't know if this is a smokescreen for something else. One of the first things that came to my mind was them expressing interest on this front to maybe make the A's be like, oh, shit, we're not going to get a better trade package than what we could potentially get from the Yankees for Matt Olson. So maybe we talk our our side down a little bit more to get in the middle because I don't know what the Braves system looks like at this point, but I know that a lot of those guys have made it to MLB at this point. So I don't know who they'd be willing to trade or who would be closer um, to MLB that is of same value or of perceived value than what the Yankees have. The Yankees do have a lot of depth. Look, I know we got, for some reason, once again, catching shit for no reason, uh, talking about how the Yankees' 13th-ranked farm system, according to Baseball America, was closer to the top. Um, Some people were saying, oh, this is not closer to the top. And as a matter of fact, it's mid-tier. You have to consider that the Yankees don't have high draft picks every year because they are who they are. You have to consider they got rid of 11 players over the last year via trades that they wouldn't have been able – players that they wouldn't have been able to keep anyway. So you're talking about – Consistently picking in the back end of the first round and constantly trading top prospects to, you know, better the roster or to just create space for other players. And if you're going to tell me we're ranked at 13th I, and, and, the, and the system is regarded as deep, yes, we don't have top picks like all these other lower level franchises who are, uh, you know, stuck in uh, losing with losing season after losing season. But it's a good farm system, especially at the top end, the top 10 prospects of the Yankees, very good. Um, So there is leverage there for them to create on the trade market. Um, But man, I would just like Freddie Freeman as the first baseman. I don't really care what it takes. Um, There are things to weigh here though. Um, You're looking at a six year, 180 million, $200 million contract uh, based on what we've heard. I I think we could safely say like 190 is probably the number that's going to get him. If he's coming to New York, he's probably going to want more because you're getting double taxed here all that other good stuff. Um, this is my selection for first base, but do they want another $30 million salary on the books from 2023 to 2025? That's what they're going to have to deal with, as opposed to what would be like a two-year $28 million deal for Matt Olson. Um, nonetheless, it's good to see the Yankees are willing to spend. Another potential problem here, the Dodgers are also reportedly interested in Freddie Freeman. So looking at a bidding war between two of the richest organizations in the sport, Um doesn't take away from my excitement, but important for everybody to know the parameters here and what could potentially derail this because interest is not a bona fide conclusion. It's a step in the right direction, if you will. If you're going to tell me you're going to make a run at him, that had better include the sixth year. Because if it doesn't, yeah. then you're not making a run at Correct. him. Right? The, the, the thing that the Braves are lacking is the sixth year. It's not like they have no intention of bringing Freddie Freeman back. Yeah. And they're just saying, like, you know, go shop around because we hate you. Like, the Braves are <laughs> offering five years, 135. So the Yankees aren't going to top that AAV. Almost 100% not going to do that. 
Um, but what they can do is offer the six year that Atlanta has been unwilling to, to go to. It's insane to me that Atlanta won't entertain that six year considering they have, you know, well, I mean, a, a reigning world champion. Yeah. They're, they're trying to maintain a reigning world champion. You don't often look at your, you know, iconic 2020 MVP in the face and go, no, thank you. Like we, we I think one is enough. I think we're done with the world series, but two, Atlanta doesn't give out big deals. I understand that, but they have Ronald Acuna Jr. And Ozzy Albies locked up to long-term contracts. I would call criminal. Nothing. Those deals are crazy. Uh, they, they locked them into like raise deals in like year one or year yeah. two of their time with a big league club. They have their, you know, Acuna Jr. is their best player. Freeman is like the glue and a superstar and the face of the franchise. Acuna Jr. is their most talented player. Yeah. They have him for pennies. Albies at second base. They have for absolutely nothing. So if there's one team that is either, you know, gets rid of Freddie Freeman and is near championship level, could win the NL East level, is still lurking in that territory. Freeman puts him over the top, and if they're unwilling to go again, one, they, they'll pay for his age 37 season, but not 38. That's the we'll breaking point. That's when we tell everybody that, you know, go talk to the Yankees, go talk to the Dodgers. That's ridiculous mm-hmm. to me. Um, but again, it, it's if the Yankees actually intend to make a run at Freeman and they're not just being used as leverage against Atlanta, because we have seen a swarm of stories in recent weeks that have basically amounted to if Atlanta doesn't want to treat Freddie Freeman right, the Dodgers are there. The Yankees are there. So that doesn't exactly, you know, the fact that there's been an onslaught of offseason stories doesn't exactly, you know, inspire me and make me think this is, you know, different and this is, you know, you know, this is coming from Freeman's camp. This is coming from someone's camp who has an ax to grind and an agenda to push forward. So it's not just completely objective breadcrumb knowledge, etc. But, uh, you know, the, the leverage piece and, and the other piece, if the Yankees are willing to go six years, they have an automatic advantage over the Braves, which should never be said. Um, so if your run doesn't include six years, then your run isn't legitimate. But if you have a, it's, it's not even private. It, the discussion is not private. I know exactly what the Yankees have to do to vault past the Braves in this discussion. And it's just be willing to spread the money around, which is what they've done in the past. They would rather give DJ LeMahieu six years and a lower average annual value than to give him five years and more money. So if you're willing to do that for LeMahieu, who's at a similar point in the aging curve, who's a, we love him, less good player than Freddie Freeman, future Hall of Famer, do your favorite thing. Do it. Spread the money out to an extra year. It's your favorite thing to do in long-term contract negotiations, and it could give you an immediate leg up here. Yeah. And with that, you're talking about rebuilding the infield in a sense, if you're getting Freddie Freeman. Luke Voigt, my opinion, writing's on the wall here if the Yankees are expressing this interest. Um, writing's even on the wall if they want to retain Anthony Rizzo. Luke Voigt, in his, he has three years of control left, arbitration years, those are the money-making years for players who are, A, looking to get raises, and B, raise their free agency value when the time comes. Luke Voigt is not going to accept, at least in my opinion, it's mere speculation, he's not going to accept a backup role where he's hardly seeing the field because Freddie Freeman is an Iron Man in a sense, um, where he's getting infrequent pinch hit opportunities like we saw at the end of last year that just did not work well, or he's just not being put in the lineup for whatever reason, which we also saw down the stretch with Aaron Boone. So uh, with Aaron Boone refusing to, you know, create that flexibility when it was very much available. Um, So I got broken brain again and started thinking, Hey, the Yankees can spend a little bit. I'm not, look, I'm not saying go to, I'm not saying do what the Mets are doing. I'm not saying even do what the Dodgers are doing, but there is 
room to spend and you can go a little bit over. Remember, this team has not been over the luxury tax threshold, I think now for two years in a row, if I'm correct. So there's no repeat penalty here if they were to go over in 2022. Um, And you have to remember that in 2023, there's a lot of money coming off the books. We can read through it right now. It's very quick. It's in the 70 million range. Uh, We got Chapman coming off the books. We got Britain coming off the books. That's 30 million right there. We have a Luis Severino team option. Depends if he performs well this year. If he doesn't, that's another 12 million coming off the books. Um, We got Joey Gallo, 10 mil. Gary Sanchez, 8 mil. Chad Green, 4 mil. Um, And then a combination of uh, guys who might be traded. I'm kind of in that bucket. I'm putting Gio Rochella, Luke Voigt, Miguel Andujar, and that makes up about $13, $14 million. Um, So you're looking at a handful. Oh, and Tyone is almost $5 million too. So all this money, they're not going to be able to retain all those guys. They probably aren't going to retain a good bit of them um, for various reasons. But if this is the team that you're looking at and you're saying, okay, these guys are gone after last year. We want to trade these guys this offseason, Voight being one of them. Why would you not use that salary relief to create a crazy infield? So what is my crazy infield? Freddie Freeman is the first baseman. Welcome, Freddie. Why not give him six years, 180 mil. It's 30 million AAV. You're going to be paying Garrett Cole, Giancarlo Stanton, Freddie Freeman, 30 mil plus a year in their primes. So does it really matter that bad? Is it, is it that bad if, if that's the money you're paying to? And then we got to factor in an Aaron Judge extension here, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, second baseman remains Glaber Torres. Once again, we could shift the plan. If you want to get rid of Torres, save some salary, put DJ LeMahieu at second base, that's also possible. I think very unlikely, though. Um, in this case, DJ LeMahieu is the utility infielder. He's roving everywhere um, because at this point, I think that's the only option for him based on what we've seen. Um, third baseman, Matt Chapman, Yankees going a little bit of a different direction here. I don't think the deal with the A's is fully dead in some respects because a, they need another player and that player is going to most likely be a pitcher. And if they're looking at revamping things, acquiring Olsen, I mean, uh, Chapman only do nine and a half million next year and a pitcher. They vary between Chris Bassett, Frankie Montas, Sean Manaya. Those guys are all making between five and like 11 million. So you're looking at, you know, between a 14 and 20 million, uh, 15 and $20 million acquisition here um, after cutting the amount of salary that you did. So Freeman and that 50 million combined. And then my shortstop is Trevor story on a one year, $30 million deal. So you're talking about adding all this payroll slashing, probably at least 30 mil based on who they can get rid of. So you're essentially adding, um, 50 million here, 50 million on a, I think it was based on like a $172 million payroll after Yankees are at 201.8 right now, which might as well be 202. If they could figure out a way to cut more salary, they can get to the 170 range. 50 mil brings them to 250 range. I think that's fair for one year. And then you look at it this way, Chapman's getting a decent raise for one more year after this story in this scenario would be gone. Um, and then you have all those other guys coming off the books. Another thing that I kind of floated that we actually floated um, earlier in the offseason but didn't really gain much traction, I don't think it's going to happen. But maybe you find a team to take on Zach Britton's salary for the 2022 season, 
attach a top prospect to that deal, saves you $14 million. Again, Yankees have a deep farm system. I'm not saying just get rid of players for no reason, but if you can upgrade your infield to this, once again, that's Freddie Freeman, Glaber Torres, Trevor Story, Matt Chapman, DJ LeMahieu roving around. That exponentially increases your chances of making a run in 2022. It does not at all compromise your major league roster, and it would be less of a it would be less of a hit to the farm system if you were trading uh, prospects to the A's because Matt Olson is going to cost more than Matt Chapman. Matt Olson's coming off and uh, of what, what he hit 38 homers last year or something insane. Uh, Chapman's coming off a down year, so you can you have the uh, at least leverager to be like, well, this guy didn't perform well. But Gold Glove third baseman, um, we've heard the rumors of uti- or, or the at least speculation of Gio Rochelle being utility infielder. I'm not sure I agree with that. I think if you're going to do if you're going to do anything, either keep these guys in a defined role or just get rid of them. I think him and I think Urshela and Voigt are in this no man's land, um, and they combined for almost twelve million dollars in salary. So yeah, if you have to sell low, you got to do it. But getting rid of that money against the payroll is going to be key. And being able to spend, keep this much money, and then also have the payroll be down, in a sense, come 2023 and be able to make depth additions based on what you've done this offseason, if you could pull this off, I think it makes a whole lot of sense. Is it crazy? Yeah. Is it going to happen? No, it's it's not. It's simply not. But um, if they if they were to shock us, if the Yankees were to make us feel good, this is a plan I think that's within reach. It costs a little bit of extra money that they would like to spend. It's $30 million more than they would like to spend. But you can reset the tax the year after um, with some shrewd depth, low-cost spendings uh, to round out the roster. So that that's where I'm kind of at if I want to have fun this offseason. Again, end the lockout, and this will stop. Just do it, Rob. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. I'm going to bang the short-term story drum as often as I can. I'm, I'm just not done with that until you show me that the Astros are going to go five years. And you show me that the Mariners are ready to go five or six. Because... I don't understand why someone like Trevor Story would not want to play in a ballpark like Yankee Stadium for two seasons, rebuild his value alongside DJ LeMahieu, his close friend from his time in Colorado. It's the hybrid solution. It's a stopgap with one of the superstar shortstops at the top of the market. It's not 10 years of Carlos Correa, which sounds like, you know, it's not hard to see why the Yankees view that as a crazy expenditure. Saying the numbers out loud is wild to me. They need to extend Aaron Judge. They need to do a lot of things. And can they afford 10 years of Carlos Correa? In addition to all of these things, yes, of course, they could in theory. But there's there's shortstops in the system they believe in. They do not want to play the get talent now, move it around later, move him to third next year. They're paying for a shortstop. So why not pay through the nose in quotation marks for two years of Trevor Story instead of 10 years of Carlos Correa, or more realistically, instead of nothing, instead of one year of Angelton Simmons, instead of surrendering assets for Nick Ahmed and D. Gregorius. So of all the elements of the dream infield, I would say obviously Freeman is the most realistic because in order to get Chapman, they're going to have to you know somehow fail at an Olsen trade, but also agree on a lesser trade and yeah. surrender a couple of top 10 prospects to Oakland for someone who was not their primary target. And so a lot has to go in strange directions for like for that Yankees Oakland relationship to not be strained by the Olsen talks to still have like embers burning enough to get Chapman to the finish line 
even after the two sides haven't agreed on the big money deal that most people agree is an easier match. Um, but and story, obviously, you have to you know convince the Mariners to get out of there and convince the Astros to stop bidding and and hope that Correa goes back to Houston on like a four year deal. Which like is that really something I want to hope for? No, I don't want Correa back on the Astros. Like that's I I, I don't want my rival remaining just as strong. That's a classic. You know, you'll catch Yankee fans rooting uh, for other teams' budgets to get blown up, ignoring the fact that the team is your rival and they got better and they stay good. <laughs> and a lot of people are, were doing that when J.D. Martinez decided not to opt out. It was like, all right, be careful what you wish for. The Red Sox have J.D. Martinez still yeah. for more years. Like, I don't really care about their payroll flexibility as much because, again, that's another franchise that shouldn't care. I care more about them having good players. There was the potential for them to get boned by J.D. Martinez saying, I want more money, and the Red Sox would be without a 40-homer bat in the middle of the lineup. Instead, he came back, and they have him. He kicked our ass. So I don't know why he ass in the playoffs. Yeah, so you don't want to root for your rivals to have financial flexibility, nor do you want to root for your – like, ha-ha, the Astros are going to get boned by year six of the Correa deal. Who could possibly care less? Smart teams always find a way out of these things. Smart teams, the Red Sox trade – everybody they've ever committed to long-term. They had Carl Crawford on the books till 2085, and they traded him to the Dodgers. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez, too, just retired this week. Crazy that that was just this week. But, you know, you can always find a way out of these financial commitments. The Yankees sent Jacoby Ellsbury into a cornfield. He, he disappeared from the roster. He, he literally disappeared from the roster. Like, when you're worrying about long-term commitments, you know, there, there's a level of concern that's valid, and there's a level of concern that's completely yeah. illegitimate. So... The dream infield, you know, you're, you're, if you're making an all-star team, you're putting Correa in there. But if you're making a yeah. somewhat realistic hybrid middle infield, I think Glaber Torres stays. I think this is the final year where I can confidently say Glaber Torres stays. Yeah. But I think there's no reason to jettison him this offseason when yeah. you have Voight and when you have Urshela with escalating salaries. Torres is still much younger than those guys and has a much higher ceiling yeah. than those guys. So I would endorse keeping LeMahieu will find a way to play. He will play, play, he'll he'll play 130 games. So they'll, they'll yes. figure it out. He will absolutely play if he's knocked off and there's a chance they don't make the Chapman trade and he's just the starting third baseman. Yeah. And it is what it is. Whatever. But I think even if they squeeze him out of the infield, he's going to find, you know, he's going to find playing time. And story is, is, I think you need to exhaust the story on a two-year deal option before you just go back to the well and start signing one-year dudes. I love Volpe. I love Peraza. I love Roderick Arias. I love Oswaldo Cabrera. We talked about this ad nauseum. I think story is the last card that you play before just settling on. Okay, fine. Yeah. We're going to trade our 30th ranked prospect for Didi Gregorius. We're going to pay him $12 million next year and make the Phillies eat $2 million, And then we'll just hand the job right to a rookie with no experience. Uh, theoretically, at the edge of a contention window with Aaron Judge. Um, you mentioned the Zach Britton trade in there. Let's let's transition there just because this is one of the underrated things that has screwed the Yankees team building strategy yeah. in, in recent months. Zach Britton entering the final year of his deal was either, you know, going to be somebody who was coming off a big year in 2021, able to help the Bombers of the bullpen. That would have been great. Or somebody who was very easily tradable, veteran reliever on a one-year deal. Uh, 14 million is a lot of money, but the Yankees could theoretically pick some of that up, attach a top 20 prospect. People are going to want Zach Britton. You could do a weird little bullpen shuffle there. The Tommy John surgery that Zach Britton had way too late last year. He had bone spurs rubbing up against his elbow. We heard it wasn't, you know, UCL damage. And then all of a sudden it was, and he's out for the year. He's out for the year way too late. It's going to take a lot for Zach Britton to get back to the mound in 2022. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't think there's even a percentage chance 
it happens, I think it's way more likely to count him out for next season than it is to figure out a mental math way to get him on the field. So that basically takes him off the plate as a trade option where he was a, he was a huge chip for the Yankees away for them to save salary away for them to, you know, clear bullpen roles for other younger players. And now he's basically just stuck there rehabbing all year long. Uh, they're not going to cut him because you know they, they're giving him veterans rights. He, he's just going to eat up money on, on the budget basically all season long, but he has to be replaced. So we, we've obviously talked about internal replacements. There's nobody, you know, Ron Marinaccio, Steven Ridings. There, there's young kids who we love who who could use a roster spot, but none of them are like a veteran lefty. None of them are an eighth inning setup guy from opening day. We just don't know. So we did discuss a few outside replacements. If the Yankees want to give short-term deals uh, to Zach Britton, you know, backup options, how do you feel about the three that you have listed? Are any of them on your, you know, favorites list? Or are they also, was this just sort of a chore to say, hey, if you want to pay somebody, you could pay somebody? Yeah, it was more so, I think last year it was evident that Britain's absence created a strain on a lot of other things. And that it, his absence alone did not create that strain. The starting rotation didn't pitch deep enough into games. Um, other relievers regressed and created a problem. But you're talking about a picture of Zach Britton's caliber. I don't think we need to speak on his resume. He's been, he's been an all-world reliever since 2014. Um, outside of whatever he did this past year, which was accentuated by elbow troubles. Um, But you're looking at finding somebody who can eat 40 to 70 innings a year. I know that's a long, that's a, that's a very broad, um, that's a broad amount of, that's a broad workload. Um, But you're, you're looking at in the, in the manner in, in which that he did it to, or as effective as he did, I think you need outside help here because I'm excited about the young bullpen arms too. It's, 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 it's encouraging that there are signs of life coming up through the system. Um, especially guy like Stephen Ridings who we saw last year touching triple digits. Like that's cool. Rod Marinaccio being nasty in the, what, what was he in double a last year? Did he ever touch triple a? I think he touched triple A, but yeah. most years in double mostly a. dominated double A and his stuff was filthy. And then we have, you know, Michael King, who's come along as a very good multi-inning reliever. Cool stuff. I like it a lot. Um, however, I don't know if I'm going to rely on that. I don't know if I'm going to rely on continued, very good production from guys like Wandy Peralta, Lucas Litke, Joely Rodriguez, uh, don't get mad at me, but Clay Holmes, like I think we saw a lot of best case scenarios from those guys last year. And I'm not saying we're in for this, but it's possible. We just saw regressions beyond explanation across the entire roster last year from an offensive standpoint, from the position players, mostly pitching staff overachieved. But for you to think that it's not possible for there to be regressions in the bullpen with, you know, less of a pedigree in there with the role of Chapman already on the decline, I don't really know what to tell you. So I think going out and getting somebody else um, that has veteran experience, that has a track record behind them, would do the Yankees good. Um, I I have Richard Rodriguez on here. I got Joe Kelly on here, who Mm -hmm. I know we don't like, but good option. Um, And I got Andrew Chafin on here. Are all of these guys the solution? No, but they have longevity in the league. Um, And if you're a big recency bias guy, um, I am. I'm a huge recency bias. Yeah. A lot of them have performed well. So 
Does anyone, do I like anyone? I, I like Joe Kelly because of the experience that he brings. And I just like, I like heat coming out of the bullpen. We have a lot of, we have a lot of guys who don't throw that hard now with Chapman's declining fastball. We still have to incorporate Steven Ridings into things. Chad Green's fastball kind of just lost its loss. He's a two pitch guy. So it doesn't have the same effectiveness that, that it used to, I guess. Um, and um, I think that having the veteran presence who can eat innings, who can pitch in all different types of scenarios, these guys have experience all over the place. You can use them as firemen, which the Yankees do like to do. They like to have one bullpen role defined for some reason as to roll the Chapman as the closer instead of using him anywhere else. Hmm. Um, but everybody cool. else, yeah, everybody else is kind of an amoeba. They can go sixth, seventh, eighth, can go ninth on a random day if you want, can do the 10th with the free runner on second, even though that's not happening anymore. Um, but Rodriguez, you know, we saw him last year finished with a 2.94 ERA sub one whip, um, got 14 saves in 64 games between, um, Pittsburgh and Atlanta, Joe Kelly. I know he's coming off this biceps injury and he might be a little bit pricey. Um, but sub sub one whip last year, top percentile in the league in, in fastball velocity, velocity and curveball spin, um, Again, ton of experience pitched in uh, Dodgers playoff runs, Red Sox playoff runs. I think it's good. Um, and Andrew Chafin, career year for him. He has been eating innings like an animal for like five or six years now. Um, he finished in the upper percentile on a lot of uh, peripheral stats, hard hit percentage, expected ERA, expected batting average, expected slugging percentage, list goes on and on. Um, and uh, I like the fact that he has improved as his career has gone on. I know he might be buyer's remorse here because he's going into his age 32 season coming off a career year. Someone's going to overpay for him. Um, but when you're looking at a guy like this, who has a good track record and has appeared in 66 or more games, five times out of the last seven seasons with one of those seasons being the short in 2020, I'll take that any day of the week, because at this point, what the Yankees have proven to me is they could fit guys into roles and they can maximize their efficiency, at least out of the bullpen. Um, Matt Blake has done a great job of that, especially last year. So I think if that trend can continue, I think these guys are smart to target, even if you have to pay a little bit of money because you're going to get the security that you need. You're going to get that somewhat of that lost production that you're, that, that you're seeking. And it's going to be almost like, it's almost going to be like certain you're getting it as opposed to these other guys who we don't really know what entirely to expect, but we're excited about what they might bring to the table. I'm a big Joe Kelly fan. I feel like success follows him wherever he goes. And obviously he's going to be injured for the start of 2022. So he said he won't be. He said he won't be. be. He he says he won't be. Maybe there's a slight discount to be had there though. Cause you just, you just don't know. Yeah. Um, So maybe that's a two year deal that really reads like a 1.5 year deal. Maybe you're paying for 2023 more than you're paying for 2022. I don't know. Worth keeping in mind. Uh, And Andrew Chafin I sort of wonder, he, he feels like he had a ton of momentum towards a three-year deal when the lockout started. He yeah. had a great year this year, great in Oakland. Um, but is that a guy who, you know, it, it lost in the free agent shuffle a little bit? Like, as we actually approach the free agency reopening, which I have no idea when that's going to happen, but whenever it happens, people are going to be reporting to camp like five, six, seven days later. Like, there's a lot to get done. 
obviously Max Scherzer and the crew signed a long time ago. And congrats to Corey Seager and congrats to Javier Baez. But there's still some really big names to sort out. And so you wonder if on day five of six, Andrew Chafin's like, hey, you guys forgot to sign Andrew Chafin. And then you can maybe get him on a two-year deal instead of a three-year deal. I don't know. Then again, there have been minor league deals signed all throughout this process. Every couple of days, somebody a name that you know announces a minor league signing. Tim Beckham went to the Twins on Friday, I believe. So the fact that these agency types and player, you know, player reps and teams are very clearly talking, there's absolutely no way that they're not discussing current major league free agents too when they have these conversations and keep in touch with each other. I think you're going to see a lot of when the free agency frenzy opens up again. Could be a month, could be a month and a half. I just don't know. I think you're going to see a lot of very NBA style things where day one, hour two, there's a big four year deal agreed to. And you're like, okay, yeah, glad that glad that all came together in the last 25 minutes. Um, No need to look into that any further. No collusion evident here. Just a deal that happened real, real quick. Um, Owners who notoriously hate to spend money just agreeing to spend one hundred twenty million dollars in a matter of seconds. Um, Very legitimate stuff like say a Suzuki to the Red Sox, which was again, agreed upon like two months ago in secret. I think a bunch of that kind of stuff is going to be happening. So I don't know if Chavin's going to get lost in the shuffle or if Chavin already has a deal. It's just something to consider. It feels like his momentum got a little bit blunted by this free agency shuffle. Whereas at the end of the season, I would have said, yeah, three years, like 35 mil, like the Yankees are going to have to pony up like 10 mil a year to get their hands on Andrew Chavin. And now I kind of feel like it's like, all right, two years, 16, two years, 18. I don't know. I don't know. Why not? Just, just saying. Uh, so before we sign off, let's roast a, a foolish person. Let's roast. A, I assume this is a man. I, I just, I don't actually know, but I assume the buyer is a man here. <laughs> That's um, sexist. Is that sexist? I just, it's, it's reverse <laughs> sexist. It's saying a woman is yeah. too smart to use four hundred seventy-four thousand of her dollars on a Jason Dominguez rookie card. Now, this Jason Dominguez card was uh, was graded, sold this weekend. It was it was graded. Is a super fractor is a one of one autograph rookie card. If I could choose one thing to have in my collection, it might be that. It's, you know, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be that, but that's maybe top 15, top 20. It's a beautiful card. If you believe in Jason Dominguez, if you believe in the market, then by all means make the purchase. Maybe don't make the purchase at four hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars for a guy who most prospect experts have agreed regressed in 2021 he's closer to the back of the top 100 than he was last year he was like top 20 i don't know if jason dominguez is gonna be a superstar i don't know if he's gonna be the next mike trout mickey mantle bo jackson all that sounded a little ridiculous when we said it two years ago sounds equally ridiculous now i don't think that's something you need to spend the down payment of a house on that's just me i don't think you need to take out a reverse mortgage from rocket mortgage to get yourself to the finish line of, of to buying a Jason Dominguez rookie card. Um, the NBA card market, NFL card market has been absolutely absurd the last couple of years. Boxes of cards that used to cost me like a hundred bucks when I was a kid will now cost you $750 for the chance to pull a rookie card of like those top three guys in those drafts. Baseball is lagged behind. Dominguez is helping baseball catch back up. Now the international names on the baseball card market, you can't afford them. You cannot buy them. You, a normal human, can't purchase them. This one and one one of one card, I can't even think of what I might have assumed people might have spent for this like five, ten years ago. I would I'm just gonna hazard a get it feels like a five thousand, seven thousand dollar purchase, eight, ten thousand, pretty extravagant amounts of money. Four hundred seventy-four thousand is a is a boatload in that it's the amount of money that could literally buy you a boat. And a Honus Wagner card 
was sold this weekend too. The, the famous Honus Wagner card that keeps ending up in museums. That one was ripped in half. So I guess that is important to note. Uh, it's a really rare card. So it's, they don't crop up that often. So even one that's ripped in half is your people are going to want it. That went for 475k. That's like a historical artifact. That's like buying yeah. the Declaration of Independence. Jason Dominguez is just like just a 19 year old going into his second professional season. I think we can maybe hold off on making the $500,000 purchases of the Jason Dominguez cards, uh, unless you disagree. Unless you want to come out on the side of go ahead and spend your 500k. I mean, if you have to, if you have to struggle to make this work it's the dumbest thing you could possibly do i don't know how these have ever i don't know how these prices materialize i don't know who determines them it it reminds me of crypto like the crypto market it's like oh one day we're just one day hey bitcoin 60k next day how about 20 does that sound good um no it doesn't i don't understand (laughs) this i don't understand the card market i don't understand you like you said Looked at NBA and NFL cards, unaffordable, just unaffordable for regular people. They're cards with their pieces of paper with people's faces on them. Um, I'm not doubting what Jason Dominguez can do. Um, and hey, even funnier to think that he's actually been devalued because he what hit 258 in 25 professional games. Yeah, and that 346, was 346 OBP. So like you know, yeah. it's on base, it hit raw power. It's crazy. Um, Four hundred seventy-four thousand dollars. Crazy. I don't know. Who uh, and maybe that was a discount based on this season's past performance, which is crazy to even imagine. I don't even know. I don't know what people are thinking. Um, I don't know what you're doing. What are you doing with this? Is this going in like a little glass square um, in your dining room? Uh, where where I don't. What's the pride in this? Is this an investment to hope that he's a Hall of Famer one day, and your grandkids get to sell the investment for ten million dollars? I don't know. Um, if I was a billionaire, I guess maybe I'd make this purchase for fun. Um, but seeing this is discouraging just because, A, it's a baseball card. Um, B, there is no telling what this career is going to pan out to be. Um, and C, just what we spend money on as a society. I know people have some money, and you can do whatever you want with your money. Free country, dude. We love yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not um, saying you can. I'm not saying you can. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, we're not saying you can. It's just like, all right, well, you know, why? Why are we doing that? Why? Why is that where we're investing the money? I don't know. Um, Maybe not- I need to recalibrate my brain. Like, I just don't think that way. If I'm a billion, if I feel like I would tell billionaires to spend forty thousand dollars on this, and like, if you're a billionaire and you got loose money, like, drop forty k on this Jason Dominguez card. Show it to your kids. Maybe he becomes Babe Ruth. Maybe you can double that. But yeah. is it really going that much higher than 474? There's no grand story attached to this card. It's not like it fell off a boat in the harbor and got dug out. Or like Jason Dominguez said, please stop putting my picture on baseball cards. They took it off the market, which is what Honus Wagner did. There's no grand history. I, I don't want to look 100 years into the future. I also don't want to live long enough to see Jason Dominguez be the Babe Ruth of, uh, you know, of collectibles and, and this, this rookie card's going for a hundred million dollars and like you're framing it you're putting it in the baseball hall of fame i think it feels like a curiosity rather than a historical artifact and i you know i, I and all, i just can't think of spending that much money on anything but this is pretty close to the bottom of my list of items and i love baseball and jason dominguez and the yankees so i really am the target demo here and i have uh no interest so if you're the person who bought this card? I, I hope you're streaming live on YouTube with us right now, sir. Again, it's it's a guy. <laughs> if, if you're here, 
drop by, let us know. We'd love to get in touch. Uh, just give us a, give us a window in your brain, like a being John Malkovich style. Um, you know, just let us in your cranium and, and tell us, you know, why on earth that you want. I wonder if it was like buyer's remorse. If he like saw it and was just like, oh, I'm, I'm typing five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, no way I'm there's an accidental zero added to it. This just it feel on the spectrum of like good invest uh, good investments and bad investments. This is closer to like Kurt Schilling video game investment than than anything. Just because the risk that you're taking here is unnecessary. You're taking a wildly unnecessary risk um, to hope that this guy's career is what everyone said it was going to be last year. Ridiculous comparisons to Mike Trout unfounded he was 17 years old he was hitting balls in an abandoned baseball field in um dominican republic i believe that's where he's from um so it was just like we haven't seen any organized play here what are we doing why are we doing this and now someone has the faith so god bless and now that we've seen organized play and it wasn't that great the price went up like that's what i just don't yeah so I, i mean in that case you know if he plays the same level of not that well next year Maybe it'll double in price because it already, you know, the price went up after he played 40 whatever games. But again, sir, uh, please reach out. I'm not an investment expert. I don't do taxes. Um, I I wouldn't have done this, to be perfectly honest with you. I hope you just accidentally fat fingers an extra zero onto your bid and that got absolutely boned. Um, (laughs) And and we're only trying to bid a reasonable $47,400 on this Jason (laughs) Dominguez rookie card. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. And again, ignore the fours. Do not do a three. Two is embarrassing. Why are you even here? We have one guy who updates a one-star review every couple Mm. of months. That guy's amazing. If you want to do that, you can drop us a one-star, actually. But unless you want to do something fun (laughs) and play a game, give us a five-star. Give us your thoughts. We'd be more than happy to answer any questions you have. Uh, and come find us live on YouTube and Twitter Mondays and Thursdays all off season long, uh, two o'clock Eastern time. And we're going to be expanding that when the regular season comes, whenever that is, we're going to be bringing on guests. We're going to be bringing on friends of the show. So stay tuned, stay subscribed to the channel, watch the live feed, watch the shorties, listen to the podcast, every, uh, you know, everything you can possibly do with the content. We love if you would do that until next time. I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib, Thomas Carinante. Where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. Both of us are also on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. YanksGoYard.com has all the written content for you. Plenty of stuff there. Uh, Wanted to clarify one thing. Salary reduction, dream infield, what we were talking about before, just before the freaks start freaking out because they're just weird people. Um, Voight, Urshela, Andujar, Herman. If you trade all four of them or figure out a way to get rid of them, that's nearly $16 million in salary. So if you can... Get rid of Britain in that prospect attached deal that we talked about. You're looking at 29. Or if the Yankees go crazy, trade Gary Sanchez and Gleyber Torres. That's the same as Britain's salary. So you're still looking at 29. Those are the most realistic ways to clear the amount that they have to. I think Britain a prospect attaching with those other four guys is the most reasonable. Um, don't know why you would disagree. I mean, it makes the team better. Um, and unless the Yankees don't want to sell super low, there's no, that would be the only reason for them not wanting to do it. Um, But I'd clear all those players for Freddie Freeman. That's essentially my thesis, clear four or five players and get the one player that will make you that much better. So that's where the specifics of the finances come in. I know I was saying a lot of numbers before, but that is the definitive one to get the Yankees down to 172 million before they splurge again. If they do it, they won't, they will not do it, but they they can. 
If they want to they do what not. they can, they will not. Um, they will not. They won't. They yeah, won't. the fact checking, just the fact checking end of the pod for everybody there. Um, we'll see you on Thursday, 2 p.m., same place, same time. Uh, we're going to have a great time, as we usually do. Uh, don't really know what we're going to talk about, so we're going to formulate some talking points until then. Hopefully we get another Freddie Freeman-esque update, maybe not another one on Freeman because I don't know what more can be said at this point since no. that would be illegal. Um, so maybe something else. Maybe a Trevor Story short AAV deal. Get the dream infield in motion. In motion, and we'll be talking hopefully about that Thursday, 2 p.m. Folks, enjoy the rest of your next few days. Yep, just keep refreshing the YouTube channel till then, and we'll be back Thursday at 2 p.m. Goodbye, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.